Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Mark Eby, CEO of the Kansas Humane Society. Welcome to Issues 2017. Thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate (laughs) you letting us come in here and talk about the Humane Society. Let's begin with your position as CEO. How long have you been with the Humane Society? I've been there a little over three years. I started in March of uh, 2014. Um, What did uh, you do before that? I was at Big Brothers Big Sisters for seven years before that. So I was able to bring over a lot of the things that I did at Big Brothers Big Sisters from a kid's perspective. We have a lot of kids programs at the Humane Society and um, some of the things we brought over were scholarships for low-income kids and we partnered with Big Brothers Big Sisters. We partnered with the Boys and Girls Club to offer critter camps and things like that and scholarships for those kids to be able to come to the Humane Society every summer. We do week-long camps uh, that run about $125 normally and we do those for $25 for the low-income families and they can come and qualify with us. Well, then you've answered uh, you've two or three questions that I haven't even asked you yet. So. <laughs> I, I love talking about the Humane Society and everything right. we do there. So, And then uh, what did you do before that? Obviously before that, I was at Wichita State for a while. I worked in the athletic department there for a little bit. I uh, worked in the marketing department, been at the technical college, have a master's degree from Wichita State, an undergraduate degree from Oklahoma. So I wanted to come back here. I've got two young kids that are involved in the schools here and uh, really enjoy my time in Wichita. I love the town, want to give back to the town and make sure that I can make, leave it a better place for my kids when I am gone. Tell us about the the facility, the Kansas Humane Society. Where is it? How big is it? Yeah, we're at K96 and Hillside. It's 3313 North Hillside is technically the address. And uh, it's a little over 20,000 square feet, so it's a big facility out there. When we built it in 2009, uh, it was a $9.5 million project for us. We moved up from the south side of town where we had a real small building down there on on, uh, K42. um, And it was... It was just not adequate for what we wanted to do. So we built this new facility. We didn't add any more kennels necessarily, but it allowed us to clean better. It allowed us to control disease better. It allowed us to do a lot of the things that we had always wanted to do to adopt out healthier animals. So we raised $9.5 million. All of it was privately funded. We didn't receive any government funding, didn't receive any uh, federal funding, anything like that. But the building is completely paid for, so we have no debt on the building at all. Um, It's a great facility for us to have people come in. We host different uh, events there all the time. Businesses can use our facility to have their events, and we will give them a tour, bring in puppies. It's a great way to to relax people and let them have a real clean, good environment. And I I really love the place. When was that? built again? 2009 was when the when we were okay. completed. Next door to us is Wichita Animal Services. They're what people call the dog catcher. That's the city building. They're the ones that go out and pick up uh, problem Strange, animals. Yeah. And then we bring animals over from there, the ones that aren't reclaimed. There is a, there's a state statute that they have to hold it for three days, an animal, when they pick it up. Then we go over and look at the animal, evaluate the animal, and bring over. Last year, we brought over about 6,000 animals that were unclaimed from Wichita Animal Services and adopted them out. Wow. 
That's good because yes. otherwise, what happens to it? Well, uh, the, unfortunately, they either have to be put down, which is the unfortunate circumstance of overpopulation that we have in Wichita, or we will send them out to rescue too. We had sent about eighteen hundred animals out to rescues last year as well. We adopted out over ten thousand animals for the second straight year uh, at the Humane Society, and that includes a, a little over fifteen hundred of them going to rescues too. So it's a big part of what we do. We deal with about one hundred and thirty rescues nationwide uh, to find homes for those animals, and we transport them all over the United. States what do you to mean by rescues? Rescues are basically places that will uh, be specific for a breed. So let's just say it's a pit bull or a German shepherd. There are certain rescues in town that take those specific breeds okay. and want to adopt those out. They find homes for them. When we adopt out 10,000 animals, we don't have time to go out to every person's home and make sure that they have a fenced yard, make sure that it's the best, absolute best place possible. The rescues do some of that. They have that time because they don't have as many animals that they're adopting out, and they take only specific breeds. We take every single animal that comes in. We don't say no to any animal. We're an open admissions facility, and that's an important distinction about us is that we do take every single animal. It's a service that we provide to Wichita. Uh, it doesn't matter how old the animal is. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter how sick they are, anything. We will take that animal and make sure that it at least has a place to go. And for me, that is a better option than the animal being released out into a field, to be hit by a car, to be uh, eaten by coyotes, something like that, being dumped on farms. We hear that all the time about animals being dumped out on farms. We want to be a resource for them to bring their animal to us, uh, and we will do everything we can to find it home. How many animals are sheltered there at any given time, Mark? You know, that's a really good question, Steve. We have space for 350 animals, roughly. Um, So we say we're full when we get close to that number. But that's not the number of animals in our care. We also have foster homes. We have about 200 foster homes that will take litters of kittens. If a litter of kittens is under the age of eight weeks old, it's really tough for us to care for it because they have to be bottle-fed. They have to be uh, cared for a lot more than we have staff to do that. So we'll have homes that will take those animals and get them to that eight-week point so then we can perform the spay or neuter surgery on them and adopt them out. In our care at any time, we could have upwards of 600, 500, 600 animals in our care at any one time. All right. Uh, How many of those are puppies and kittens? Well, I love puppies and kittens. That's my favorite thing to see every day. And during this time of year, the summertime, uh, probably a third of them are puppies and kittens. This is kitten season for us. Uh, Anytime the weather starts to warm up like this, that's when the kittens start to be born. And we get really busy this time of year. And we ask for fosters to come out that want to take a litter of kittens that can help us because we want to get them to that eight-week point where we can, again, have them spay or neutered and get them out to a home. Um, But it's really hard to find fosters even that can take five, six kittens into their home and care for them for, you know, could be up to six weeks and bottle feeding them. You have to do a lot of things about every two hours for them to make sure that they're, they're in good shape. And now, how many animals do you think you adopt in the, uh, adopt out in the year? Last year, we adopted out 10,330. Um, I'm sorry, what was it? 10,330. And that was actually down four from the previous year. We did 10,334, believe it or not, the year before that. But what that did was we had a, what we call save rate. A lot of people look at how many, what is the percentage of animals that come in our door that go out of our door? When I started there in 2014, our save rate was around 72%. Last year, our save rate was 87%. This year, we've been above 90% every month that we've, been, that we've done this year. So we are improving. And when we were in our old facility and when we first moved into the, this new building, we were in the 40s. So that will tell you how far we've come just in the past 10 years. Um, 
And that means more animals finding homes. And, and how we do that is we, we develop new programs, too. We have a barn cat program now where if a cat comes in that may be house soiling or isn't real friendly to a lot of people, we have barns that will actually take them, and those cats become mousers in those barns, and they're cared for. The farmers love them. Um, they People out in the country like to have those cats in their barns to take care of the mice and the rodent population. And then we did kennel cough dogs this year. For the first time ever, we adopted out dogs with kennel cough. It's a doggy cold that lasts about two weeks. Before, we only had space for three of those animals in our isolation area because it was such a contagious disease. We developed a new program this year and created new space for them. And this year, we adopted out over 500 dogs with kennel cough for the first time ever. And it's a, inventive ways like that that allows us to get to that 90% where we are now. I'm going to get you in trouble now. Uh which are more popular for adoption, dogs or cats? Dogs are more popular for, for, for than cats, unfortunately. I, I, I hate to say that. We have small mammals, too. Uh, rabbits are really popular. You know, we get an influx of rabbits two weeks after Easter. Everybody thinks rabbits are a great present for Easter. And we'll get an influx of rabbits two weeks after Easter. I, I probably had 12 rabbits two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But cats are free all the time. Um, so if you come in and adopt a cat, it's always free. Dogs are usually $150 unless there's something special about them. But the reason we do that we charge because every animal is spayed or neutered every animal is microchipped every animal has their shots when they go out of our facility so really they're ready to go other than the rabies vaccination and the licensing that you have to go to a vet and do um, and so we charge for that because we have to pay our employees that do those services for us. I have two full-time vets that do between 25 and 30 surgeries every single day to get animals ready. An animal is adopted out of our facility every 15 minutes that we're open. And people don't realize how busy we are. We're open seven days a week, uh, about 350 days a year, and an animal is adopted every 15 minutes that we're open. Wow. Now, just... As a quick sidebar, do you have any rat terriers? We always have rat terriers. They come in all the time. So it, it, are you looking for a rat terrier yourself, Steve? No, <laughs> but we will be. My wife and I have had two, and we're probably going to have to have another one. It's a great, you know, I always tell people, we don't always have the breed maybe that you're looking for. But come in and look, and you might see something that you really like. Um, we do have a service on our website, too, that you can sign up to get a notification that if a rat terrier was to come into our facility, it will automatically email you and let you know, hey, we've got that animal animal in because again they're getting adopted so fast you have to come in really quick and look at something to make sure it's to see if it's something that you like Mm -hmm. to see if it's the breed that you like the one thing we did do this year too that i want to mention is we took breed labels off of all of our animals in the shelter so when you come into the shelter you won't see what breed they are on the actual card we were guessing all the time. So a rat terrier, you might, there are other breeds that are real, look really similar to a rat terrier. We were guessing. And so we just decided to take that off and let people come in and judge an animal for its personality and judge how it got along with them, not necessarily on what we guessed the breed was. And it's been really successful. And we were the first shelter in the state of Kansas to do that. And we've had a lot of really good response to that. I think other shelters around the state will also adopt that policy because it really does give the animal a chance to not be judged based on their breed. All right. Do we have a problem in Wichita with feral dogs and cats, wild animals? Not as much on the dog side of thing. Um, cats, yes. Um, we I get about three in our neighborhood. Right yeah, now. feral cats do provide a service in some areas. I mean, most of the, of the parks in Wichita's have feral cat colonies where somebody is caring for them. Uh, we do a free spay-neuter program for feral cats. Uh, we do a trap-neuter release is what it's called, where we bring them in and um, fix them. We ear-tip them so if they ever get trapped again, then the person who trapped them knows that they have uh, been fixed already, so they don't need to bring them back into us. But we do about 2,000 of those on a yearly basis um, and then release them back out to the public. 
it is there is an overpopulation, and really the only way we can solve that is to have them either spay or neutered and put them back out there. Because if you don't put them back out into the colony, you're going to get one in that area that isn't already spayed or neutered, and then they reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. Spay or neuter animals will protect protect their colony against those that aren't spay or neutered. So you actually so, neuter the animal and take it back. Take out it to- back out there as long as it's cared for. As long as there is a, somebody caring for that animal, feeding it, providing it a shelter, those kind of things. We will go ahead and do the spare. It costs $40, so it's a really cheap program. They take them back out and put them back in the colonies and make sure that they aren't, aren't reproducing. Now, when you adopt out an animal, is it always neutered? It always is spare neutered, yes. That's part of our requirement. It is always microchipped as well. So if it was to ever get lost, they can go to any clinic, any place in town, and have that animal scanned, and they'll find the microchip in there and be able to return it to the owner. You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Mark Eby. CEO of the Kansas Humane Society, and you uh, kind of uh, answered this at least when it came to cats a while ago. The peak season for animal adoption. This is the this is the peak season during the summertime. We get busiest this time of year, uh, mainly because the kids are out of school, and a lot of people bring their families and kids into the shelter and pick out a new family pet. And it's easier to care for them. There's somebody at home a lot more during the summertime if a child's at home to help care for an animal. Um, so we'll adopt out. Uh, I looked before I left in June. I think we were at 510 adoptions, and we're halfway through June. So we're going to get close to 1,000 adoptions this month. When you do 10,000 a year, um, obviously there are busy times of the year. The, the winter time is a slower time because we don't have as many puppies and kittens being born in those times of year. Um, when the weather gets warmer outside, that's when those animals reproduce and want to come in, and, and we get those puppies and those kittens that are coming in all the time. But, again, any animal that goes out of our facility, even puppies and kittens, are spay or neuter before they leave our facility. Facility, so we're not going to contribute to that overpopulation. How is the Kansas Humane Society funded? Our budget is around $4 million a year, and $2 million of our budget comes from private donations, people making donations to us. Uh, we have monthly donors, people that uh, help us out just when we have special events. Wolfstock is our biggest event every year. It's the first Saturday in October. We raise about a $250,000 to $300,000 from Wolfstock um, out at Sedgwick County Park. And then the other half of our funding, the other $2 million comes from our services that we provide, the spay-neuters that we do for low-income folks. If you make less than $40,000, we do spay-neutering on animals for $60 for cats, $85 for dogs, and we do seven of those every single day. And then all of our adoptions that we do, we also do animal training. Um, you can bring your animal in and get them trained at our facility. We have a full-time animal trainer. We also have a groomer. Very few people know we have a groomer, but we have a groomer that takes outside clients. She grooms dogs. And what it does is it allows us to have a groomer to groom our animals behind the scenes, too, to make sure that when they're adopted, they look good, they smell good, those kind of things. We have a store. Um, all the profits from our store, we own the store. All the collars, leashes, food, anything, toys that's sold there, all the money stays at the Humane Society to support the animals that we help every year. We wouldn't be able to do it unless people came in and adopted the animals from us, shopped with us, did all the things that we have to have done in order to uh, to raise that $2 million every year. How many employees do you have, Mark? I have 60 full-time employees, 11 part-time employees. Uh, they do wonderful work. They are the lifeblood of our organization. Um, you know, cleaning up after animals isn't always the most glamorous thing in the world, but they get the joy of seeing the animal go out to a good home, know that it's going to be adopted. I also have 1,500 volunteers that help us out, too. They give us about 80,000 hours of volunteer service every year. So our dogs get walked three times a day. Um, they get fed twice a day. They get interaction with people all the time. Cats. We just bought, believe it or not, some cat strollers, which is a brand new product out there. We have strollers that we take cats in for walks. 
and they can actually leave and go outside the facility and walk in a stroller inside of a stroller it zips up so it's completely secure and it has mesh on the front so they can look around and it allows them to get some fresh air. Uh, yeah, you're looking at me strange, but I promise you, people uh, love taking the I cats out in strollers. I'd have to see the stroller. <laughs> yes. You got wheels on it? There are four wheels on it. Just like It looks just like a baby stroller, but the top has mesh over the top. And so the cats can see all around. They love going out, and it gives them enrichment. It you know, makes their mind better, and it makes them healthier because they're getting fresh air outside the shelter, too. Okay. <laughs> Talk about the more unusual animals the Humane Society deals with or has dealt with. Yeah, we, we take small mammals. Now, we don't deal in reptiles or anything like that, um, but we do have uh, birds that come in all the time. I had some doves, a pair of doves that came in the other day. Um, we will get rats, a lot of rats uh, that come in, and you know somebody comes in with 20 rats, and we'll adopt them all out. Um, and then the rabbits and the, so we've had hedgehogs. Feed them to the snakes. No, 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 no. We don't <laughs> have snakes. Uh, I would, ha- I might have issues if it was snakes. I'm not a snake person very much. But um, we've had a baby, baby hedgehog come in before um, with mom um, that was just the size of a little mouse. Yeah. Uh, no hair on it or anything like that. It was a very unusual thing for us to get in. Um, so we we just try and find homes for as many of the small animals as we can, small mammals as we can. Next door at Wichita Animal Services, I've seen alligators, pigs, everything over there. We just don't bring them over to our facility. They find another place like a Tanganyika or a home for those animals directly from their location. Tell me a little bit more. You're talking about dealing with sick animals, and you see quite a few, I imagine. Uh, What's the most common affliction you see among your animals in there? Then, Well, for dogs, it'd be kennel cough um, this past year. And, again, that's just a doggy cold, and it's just treatment like you would treat a cold. You give them a cough suppressant, maybe some antibiotics if they're getting really sick. Um, we don't have a lot of communicable diseases because that go from dog to dog because we try and isolate them quickly and make sure that we're keeping them as healthy as possible. With cats, it's upper respiratory infections, um, and it's similar to a doggy cold like a kennel cough. Basically, they start sneezing and their nose runs, and it's very contagious. Cats have that in their system. 95% of them have it in their system all the time. When they get stressed out is when that becomes prevalent, and we start to see the symptoms of it. And But, it's again, it's just treating them like... Like you would a doggy cold or a, what we call URI in cats, trying to treat them with an antibiotic or make sure that they're just kept calm. As Maybe a little chicken soup. Exactly. That would be great if somebody <laughs> wants to bring us in some chicken soup. Our employees would love that, I promise you. <laughs> you were talking uh, earlier a little bit about uh, education efforts. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that. I know you sure. have you entertain school field trips. Well, what do you do? We go, out to, we go out to different schools. Um, last year, we went out and talked to about 15,000 kids around Sedgwick County. So it's a big part of what we do, educating people. But then we also have critter camps. Every day that Sedgwick County schools are closed, we offer a critter camp for people to come and bring their, their kids in and drop them off with us for the full day if Sedgwick County schools are closed. Or during the summertime, we offer week-long critter camps. And basically, it's an opportunity for them to learn how to hold animals, how to approach animals. They do different fun activities. They get to tour the shelter. They get to interact with the different animals. We bring in puppies, kittens, rabbits, everything so they can learn how to uh, interact with animals and how to approach them. You know, when, when a kid is out on the street and he sees a, a dog that is loose, we want to make sure that they know how to approach that animal, that they're not going over to them and standing over them or grabbing their ears or doing the things that are going to upset that animal. And 
it's an education process for them, and we have to make sure that these kids really understand the importance of if you see certain things in an animal, certain traits in an animal, don't approach it. Um, make sure that there are warning signs. Get down to its level. Don't you know? Don't go and stand over it. None of us as humans would like it if a big, tall human being stood over us. That would be intimidating. It's the same for dogs. So we try and teach them those things so that they understand how to approach the animals and the things to do. When they come out there, do these kids stay there all day then? They stay there all day, uh-huh, and they, they arrive usually at about 8 in the morning and they stay no till TV, 3 or 4. No, uh, no, no TV, no we, social media. No, 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 no. It's all it's all interaction with other kids and animals and learning about animals and uh, it's a week-long process. They do different arts and crafts. Um, it's it's Sounds really like a, a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's $125 and it, for $125 they get food. I mean, they get everything that's involved in it. And then like I said, we have some scholarships for lower-income families that they can come out for $25 and it's a, it's a great way to get kids in learning about animals in our in our community. I want you to rewind a little bit, talk a little bit about more about fundraisers. You talked about uh, Wolfstock. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about the, how long has that been going on? Wolfstock is in its 25th year, yeah, believe it or not. Um, yes, it's been around for a long time, and we've seen weather from snow to sun. I mean, it's it's first weekend in October, uh, and it starts... How do you make money out of that, Mark? Well, we charge an admission fee. This okay, year it's $10 okay. for people to get in, and okay. then um, we also have people that sponsor and raise money for us uh, as part of that. But it's we have booths that are out there. Last year, I think we had around 100 different booths that people paid money to come out and have their products there. Sure. Um, we have food vendors. This year, we're going to have nine food trucks. It'll be a brand new thing for us. We've never had that much many food trucks out there. Um, but one of the things I did last year is I wanted certain food, and it wasn't available. So we got food trucks to come out this year. All we right. have two bands that come out. Uh, it starts at 930 in the morning and runs till 3 in the afternoon at Sedgwick County Park. We'll have all kinds of activities we have um, uh, doggy uh, musical chairs. We have costume contests. Everything you can imagine for dogs. And we have about 10,000 people that come out I to know. that event. It's but, a big deal. It is. Hey, and last year we had a cat there, actually, believe it or oh not. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that can be a we, we don't advise that. No. <laughs> yes. So uh, do you have other fundraisers other than that? Other than that, we really don't. Steve. We allow way. people to do third-party fundraising for us. Um, if somebody's interested in partnering with us, they can give us a call, and we'll help them promote their event. We have a great following on Facebook and a lot of social media will help them promote the event but we'll do nights like um, with chipotle or different places like that where they'll do food sponsorships for us and donate to us and that's how we raise a lot of our money do you need any volunteers? I said, think you said you use about 1,500. Yeah, they, we use volunteers anytime. And, it, and really, the volunteer gets to pick what they want to do with us. Um, if you want to come out and cuddle cats, you can do that. If you want to come out and walk dogs, you can do that. If you want to clean up, we'll, we'll be more than happy to put you to work cleaning up. That's fine, too. But, yeah, they can just give us a call at 524-9196 and tell them that you want to be a volunteer. There's a program that you have to go through to learn how to handle animals um, because we want to make sure that you're safe and the animals are safe, too. But so we make them go through a, about an hour and a half training to be a part of that, and then they can come and really do just about anything they want to do at our facility. What is the most challenging part of your work at the Kansas You, you know, I, I think probably dealing with some of the negativity really is hard, the hardest part of it. You know, people want us to be, you hear all the time, people want us to be a no kill facility. And I think defining that is what we need to do for Wichita is what is a no kill facility. We are, again, open admissions. And as long as we are open admissions, it's going to be impossible for us to not put animals down that are sick and unhealthy and dangerous. I, I ask people all the time if a dog was to bite a child, I don't want to put that, chi- that, that dog by, uh, back out in public again to be a danger to somebody else. So, 
we are going to remain an open admissions facility as long as I'm in charge there um, because I think it's an important service that we have to have to Wichita. I don't want those dogs and cats running around wild in Wichita that may be dangerous to our community. And I think just educating people on what we do and the importance of what we do and all of the services that we provide to Wichita is really the biggest challenge for us. What is the most fun in your job, Mark? Well, dealing with the puppies. I love dogs. I'm a dog owner myself. Um, what always kind had of dog, dog do you have? I have a Wheaton Terrier. Um, she oh, came from... What is from, that? Some fancy a, thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> she came from from KHS. Um, she's just... They're a long-haired terrier, about 25 pounds, 30 pounds. Um, she was returned twice, actually. The first time, she chased rabbits, and the people didn't like that she chased rabbits. The second time, she barked at other dogs. And so those are the kind of things we get. People return animals for those reasons. Now, she's a terrier. That's what she's going to do. So I took her in. She was eight years old at the time. She's now 12. Um, and she's a great dog. She she doesn't know how to play. She doesn't know a lot of the things that normal dogs would do. But I love her to death. You know, she wants to be next to me all the time. And um, I think getting to see the dogs go out, see the homes that they're going to, see the puppies. You know, I tell my people, when you get stressed out, just go back and grab a puppy and let it cuddle with you and lick your face a little bit. There's nothing better than that, and that's the best part of the job is being able to see those animals go out of our facility and go to a good home. Do you think you're going to do it for a while, huh? I do. I really love my job. I love coming every day, and we have great people and great volunteers, a great board. They make it special, too. All right. The Kansas Humane Society, we appreciate the work that you do, and I've learned a lot today about uh, the Kansas Humane Society that I didn't know before, and I think our listeners have, too. And we sure appreciate you spending some time with us today talking about the Kansas Humane Society. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Steve. Our guest, Mark Eby, CEO of the Kansas Humane Society. That's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 